0: As part of my efforts to raise awareness of the issues around uh, living with mental illness, I volunteer for an organization called MEACT. And we did something special the other day. We went out to a bunch of businesses in one day. I don't know how many. uh, I went to three myself uh, to talk about stigma. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to discuss today some of the questions that were asked on that day by people that don't necessarily have a mental illness, but are trying to understand what it's like to live with mental illness. So what is stigma? How does it show up? And how do you deal with it? That's what we're going to talk about on STP today. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. Sharing the lived experience of mental illness on a father, a mother, a family. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go. So the organization I volunteer with, MEACT, Mental Illness Education ACT, we went out the other day and we did a stigma buster day, where we just went out to a number of workplaces and discussed stigma. Uh, They got the volunteer educators, the VEs, people like myself, to go into the business and share our story. Uh, It was a massively successful day, but it was an important one because of that S word. Stigma, it's a big word in the mental health space. Uh, it defines uh, a number of things, but it's uh, it basically, to my mind, it comes down to lack of understanding. Okay, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you don't understand something, there's no way that you can address it or fix it or 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 or, or help promote it. So. Today, let's understand stigma. All right. I was going to pull out a dictionary, but I'm not going to do that because I want this to be less formal than a dictionary type conversation. So, stigma to me is any ill feeling that you have against anyone for any reason. Yes, it can be racism. Yes, it can be bigotry. Uh, It can be homophobia. It can be heterophobia. I don't even know if that's a thing. But stigma is when you decide that because of a person's attribute, they are less than. They are not deserving of your respect. They are not as important as you and or their opinions are invalidated because of whatever it is that they're living with. Now, we saw a stigma In the disability world, all the time, Um, but then a lot of the time, because I'd be with clients out in the streets, um, we took a kid to McDonald's once and this kid loves McDonald's but also gets kicked out of McDonald's all the time. So taking them into a McDonald's was always a risky proposition. Notwithstanding this day we'd done all our preparation we thought we'd done everything okay uh, I turned my back on the client for one moment expecting my colleague to be there and and support this client they weren't there person went over to somebody's table and just grabbed their chips just a random stranger just grabbed the chips off their thing there was two people sitting at this table there was a man and there was a woman and the man did his block. How dare you? What are you doing? doing?" The woman kind of realized that something was going on. I went over to them. I offered to buy them more chips. Uh, We did. Uh, We actually went to the manager and the manager actually came out with the ice cream for both of them to thank them for their patience. But When I explained the situation, and it's hard to do in that kind of arena because I need to protect my client. I need to protect them from you. So once we got them back in the bus and I went and spoke to the people and just explained that no malice was meant, um, no malice was intended, uh, it was an accident, and if anybody was at fault, it was mine. Uh, I was the senior uh, staff member on that day, um, and it was my fault. It's not the fault of the client. She didn't know what she was doing. She had no concept. She just saw chips and she wanted chips. She was fully autistic. So that was the sum total of the communication in her head. And if she doesn't have chips in her hand, she's not getting chips. So she sees chips, she gets chips. (laughs) It's as simple as that. The woman was great. The man, though, said, well, if you knew that was going to be an issue, you should never have brought her in here. This man had a stigma against this person. They now were going to judge an entire group of people on the action of this one person. And I knew at that minute that this guy was never going to let go of this story. This, this is going to be a story that 20 years later, he's talking about how these disabled kids came in and went and grabbed my chips and this stuff didn't care. And, you know, you know, they need to be in homes and locked up and it's just stigma. And that's what we have with mental illness is when something has happened or we've seen something or we've been educated in a way to believe that someone is less than. You can talk about it in racism. When you are looking back at the history of racism, is it, doesn't ha- it isn't bounded by uh, color of skin. Uh, I was speaking to an Aboriginal person a couple of weeks ago, an Indigenous Australian, and they were talking about all the horrible things that happened to them, to their culture in the 1800s. And I happen to mention a couple of things that happened in Ireland, that the British did to the Irish. And I well, oh, that you know, it's completely different. It's like you know, like millions of people died in Ireland because of British racism. Um, where does that come into stigma? Don't know. Uh, No, I do actually. Where that comes into stigma is this idea that the people in the early 1900s that believed that Ireland was uh, a possession of Britain for a good reason, because the Irish were lazy, they were hopeless, and they needed a parent. This is stigma in a nutshell. With a person with a mental illness, stigma is what you make it. So if you've seen a lot of movies, particularly slasher movies from the 80s, you know that the bad guy is the guy with the mental illness. It's the guy with schizophrenia. It's that S word that people bring out that is horrible, schizophrenia. I was sitting with a guy that has schizophrenia just the other day. I was sitting right next to him. As close as, well, not as close as his microphone, but pretty close, close as my hand. Uh, we were in a business. We were talking about mental illness. We, I've spent time with this guy, and he lives with schizophrenia. I have never felt unsafe with him, never, in any way, shape, or form. And I am particularly susceptible to being hyper-aware of danger, of, you know, um, even when somebody is being... Uh, passive aggressive. It really grates on me. And, I, and, and it's something that a friend helped me recognize. I don't do well with passive aggression. But the thing is, this guy was talking about the stigma and it's real for him. He can't tell people that he has schizophrenia because people all of a sudden start to go places like, well, if I had a baby, I would never let him hold it. I would never let this guy look after my house. I would never let this guy drive my car because he has schizophrenia. Now, I talk about my PTSD, and a lot of people have this uh, kind of assumption that PTSD is the go-to mental illness that people kind of rush into. And yes, some PTSD is slight, and it's manageable, and it's in fact curable. Uh, People will learn to live without succumbing to the symptoms of their PTSD. But PTSD is a gamut. It's not a description of one little disorder. That's why complex PTSD is starting to be understood. Because when I say I have PTSD, people go, oh, you get sad, you get depressed. It's like, no, I get massively depressed. Massively anxious. To the point where both of them are clinical, where if I don't have medication, I cannot manage my symptoms. I can't. It's out of my control. So I don't suffer as much stigma as a person with schizophrenia does. However, in my workplaces, it has been to my advantage to not tell anyone that I have a mental illness because I've seen how other people are treated. I've watched how other people have been treated. And it's kind of funny when you have a mental illness and people don't know that you have one and people talk about it. You kind of get an understanding that these people really don't know what they're talking about. In some of my psychotic episodes,
1: I have appeared dangerous. I've been violent, but I've never hurt anyone
0: except myself. And yet there's people that have seen parts of my mental illness that they haven't understood. They haven't had the context and they have decided that I am a dangerous person. And then doubly so when I say that I have a mental illness, because then it's like, well, it's not under your control. So clearly you're dangerous. Stigma for me comes down to this thing of lack of understanding. People just don't get it. They don't understand what it's like to be so depressed that you can't stand up. To have so little hope that getting off the floor seems
1: impossible.
0: To be so afraid of family functions that you just don't go because you'd rather deal with the scorn and the anger of family members that you're not there rather than face the thought of being. It comes down to understanding. Now I'm not talking understanding like, you know, this girl in this McDonald's. Oh, we understand that she's got a mental illness. Well, yeah, well she's got a, d- a disability. We understand that she has autism. So yeah, I get it. No, it's like, you have to understand that with a person with autism is all the messages are getting through to them to their brain it's not that they're dumb or stupid or they can't understand you it's the fact that all of the uh, information is going in but it gets twisted in their mind you might be saying hello how are you and they in their mind the chemicals in their brain turn that into just a screen. so you'll be talking to them and they'll be flinching back from you. And you're like, oh, well, that's just rude. It's like, well, no, because what's going on in their head is transforming your sound into something that you can't see or understand. But when you know that, you know how to communicate better with those people. Now, I'm a very confident, touchy-feely person. I've learned, though, I don't give hugs. I'm, I'm not a hugger. It's not that I don't like hugs, because I love hugs. I love giving hugs. I love receiving hugs. But I've just learned that for some people, a hug is a very intimidating thing. So, if I'm going to hug someone, I let them initiate it. And then if they initiate it, I'm all in. I want the hug. (laughs)
1: Stigma is not... Being dumb.
0: It's not even necessarily being uneducated. To my mind, it's just clearly not understanding. In the 60s in Australia, they did a referendum to recognise Aboriginal people in this country as citizens of this country. 90% of people voted yes. Make them uh, citizens. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Should have happened hundreds of years ago. But why didn't it? Because those people were dumb. Because they were stupid. No. They had been taught that the so-called brown people needed to be looked after. They needed to be guided so that they could become part of the industrial age community.
1: It's like a mass stigma.
0: It's like that with mental illness. It's, it's like as soon as somebody tells you, oh, I've got a mental illness, you, you know <laughs> that there are flags that go off in your head. And you're like, okay, what mental illness? Am I in danger? It's funny because we see a person in a wheelchair and we don't reel back from them. But you have to remember that they face and faced past tense, and face a lot of stigma in that, well, you're in a wheelchair, so you couldn't possibly do a full-time job. You're in a wheelchair, so you couldn't possibly look after yourself, couldn't dress yourself. These aren't statements of fear or um, disrespect. They're statements of just not understanding. It's like that with mental illness. Now, I've had an experience, and you know this, I've talked about it on the podcast before during the pandemic when uh, I couldn't wear a mask, just physically or mentally wasn't able to. It just brought on panic attacks because I felt like I was being choked. That's all there was to it. I felt claustrophobic, and I started to choke. And my wife will tell you, claustrophobia is my big one. It's the one that I cannot, uh, deal with. Um, I just can't, it's, it's physically impossible for me to be in a compressed state. Uh, an example is I've never been able to sleep in a sleeping bag with the zipper closed. That's how claustrophobic I am.
1: Um,
0: And that's what happened when I was wearing masks. I started to get that claustrophobic feeling together with the mental illness feelings. And that was it for me. It was the first time I stood out in a negative way in society. Um, Like when I came home from America, I was an exchange student in 1988. When I came home, I was wearing caps years before anybody was wearing caps. People used to make fun of that because I was wearing (laughs) caps. I just, But it didn't bother me at the time. I was too confident. But when the mask mandate was on and people would see you without a mask, they didn't naturally just assume that you had an illegal exemption. They assumed that you were being a jerk. It wasn't that I was acting in a certain way. It's just that they saw me they'd all been told that you have to wear masks and somebody isn't wearing a mask and that's not right why aren't you wearing a mask i had cameras put in my face phone cameras what's your name i'm going to put you on facebook i'm going to report you to the cops and each and every time i'd have to say i've got an exemption people would look at me what have you got an exemption for I used to have fun with some people and I'd say, well, I got an exemption because I have a really nice um, goatee and uh, a mask would really wreck my goatee. So um, they gave me an exemption for that. Uh, But each and every time I was confronted, it brought home the fact that I have a
1: mental illness. And if I was going to diffuse the situation, I had to disclose. It's
0: funny when we talk of stigma. Some of it can be yourself. It can be self imposed. You can be like, um, people are gunning for me. Maybe I have a different haircut. I mean, I've always had long hair and and been unshaven. It's just been me from As long as I can remember. We were sitting in a church once. (laughs) I was sitting with my father. And I was in there and and the preacher saw me. And I was the only person in the church wearing a hat, had a beard, long hair, and I'd taken off the hat because my dad asked me to. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. The minister up the front goes, Anybody who comes into my church wearing a hat long hair and earrings is never going to do anything in this church. I was furious. I was going to stand up and say something. (laughs) My dad gripped my arm. My dad, who's 20 odd years older than me, gripped it. And I was unable to move my arm. And dad just said, please, mate, don't say anything. And I was like, "Ah!" Oh. but I think about that poor dude up the front, the dude that said it, what did he miss out on? Because he judged me for a, an attribute about me that didn't change who I was, didn't alter the, 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 the essence of who I am, but it was aesthetic what did he miss out on? What could I have brought to that community that I then felt instantly excluded from and would never have anything to do with them again? What did they lose? That's what happens when you get a person with mental illness, when when they out themselves, they're afraid that they're now going to be excluded, that you are going to Consider that the contribution that they can offer is negated or disqualified because of the fact that they live with a mental illness. Stigma is simply not understanding. Now, what do we do with stigma? And I know I've gone on a long time. (laughs) What people are afraid to do is to ask questions. Anytime anybody sat down with me and said, Mark, I know that you've got PTSD, I'm trying to understand it a little bit better. It hasn't made me upset. It hasn't driven me to panic attacks. In fact, it's made me happy because somebody is trying to understand. They're trying to see past their own prejudices, their own stigma, to find out who I actually am. And that's an exciting thing. Ask questions, don't assume oh, my friend's got schizophrenia, so he would never, ever come to a party. Well, that might be true, but have you asked him or her? Have you had a chat to him? Have you said, I want to invite you to this thing, but I know it's going to be tough for you. How could we make this happen? First off, do you want to come? Most times the answer is yes. Deep down, bottom of my heart, I want to come. Okay, well, how can we make it so that it's comfortable for you? all right, the grand entrance through the front door, never a good idea, Uh, having an escape route, okay, come to the party, sit out in the backyard, right next to the back gate, as soon as you feel uncomfortable, hoof it. That's how we get past stigma, asking people, educating ourselves
1: and learning. If you've suffered stigma, I understand. I really do. I've lost jobs
0: over my mental illness. Our job, as I see it, is not to become bitter and not to become a victim. I lost a job that I'd loved. A job that I was essentially destroying my mental health for because I loved it so much. I was pushing beyond my mental capacity to do this job because I loved it so much. And I lost that job in a horrible, horrible way. And I'm still feeling the effects of it two years later. People still, people that were good friends of mine um, that I've talked to, have just talked about how they heard that my behavior was so shocking and unbelievable because people saw aspects of my mental illness, they didn't understand it, they didn't discuss it with me, and they made a decision. They stigmatized me for something that they'd seen, a a, a two,
1: three-second behavior.
0: I understand, but our job, and I'm not even saying you need to forgive them. I, I do believe that you do, because unforgiveness is like taking poison and hoping that the other person dies, um, it's only hurting yourself. Um, and forgiveness doesn't mean going to somebody and saying, I forgive you. You can forgive somebody in your heart and never speak to them ever again. You can forgive somebody in your heart and never speak to them and still see them every day. But in your heart, you know that you aren't carrying that anger and that bitterness because it, it it's tearing you up. As much as you hate them, as much as you are angry at them, your anger is doing nothing to them. It's not hurting them in any way. It's not keeping them awake. Stigma is real, and we need to move beyond it. That's it. Listening to this podcast proves that you want to understand stigma, and that's a good thing. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to Shattered the Podcast today. Have a great week. I'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Shattered the Podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information.